Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hey, you guys, funny seeing you here. (laughs) Welcome to one of my very first bonus episodes. I'm so excited to bring this to you, honestly, for a couple different reasons, but we'll get into that. But honestly, I want to do more bonus episodes. Of course, I'll keep my weekly schedule every Wednesday. That's the goal, right? (laughs) But I would love to get more bonus content up here for you, and I'm excited to bring you my first one. I kind of view bonus episodes as a little bit outside the realm of what I would normally teach about or talk about or making different connections and connecting with you guys in a different way. So maybe it's a Q&A episode or maybe it's an extra long episode or maybe I bring on a guest. Who knows? The possibilities are endless, but I'm just excited to come to you today and bring this episode. So I hope actually this one will be nice and short, but I kind of want to bridge this gap that I talk a lot about on my multiple Instagram accounts. If you guys don't know, I don't only have this podcast, uh, Nutrition for Littles, but I also have another podcast called The Mama Well. And I have not only Nutrition for Littles on Instagram, but I also have The Mama Well on Instagram. Now, The Mama Well is, you know, more focused on mom moms and their health and their wellness and nutrition. Um, And I share that with a good friend of mine and registered dietitian, Brooke Miller. She's at Nutrition for Mamas on Instagram as well. And uh, I do both. (laughs) I do both picky eating and health for moms. And sometimes when I tell people that, they're like, wow, that's a lot. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, it is a lot. It is a lot. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot to juggle both. But here's the thing is that I can't unconnect them. Every time I think about just focusing on one, I can't because it goes against every fiber of my being because I truly believe that it's hard to focus on picky eating without also like holding up a mirror at our own behaviors and habits around food and health. Same thing goes for parenting and with, you know, focusing on our health. It's really hard to just focus on our health and not have that spill over in how we parent and how we raise our kids around food and their body and, you know, movement and all these things. It's hard to disconnect it. If you're a mom, you might feel the same way, right? It's really hard to disconnect any part of your life from your kids or from being a mom or from being a wife or whatever your roles are in your life. It's really hard to disconnect those. And because I see such a clear, clear, I'm talking like crystal clear connection between both, that's what I, why I do what I do. It's really important to me, um, to bridge this gap, to do this little bonus episode, because sometimes I think the message gets a little lost because Instagram is like, you're on it when you're on it and you're off it when you're off it and you might miss parts of it. And I don't know about you, but I have all these highlight bubbles and that's great. It's an incredible resource. If you haven't gone through those yet, I highly recommend it. But even the people that I follow, I rarely go through their highlight bubbles and I rarely go back to old posts of theirs or old IGTVs. So if you were to take my Instagram and put it in like an entire capsule and that's all the knowledge that you get as soon as you take that capsule, you would get it. You would understand that connection. You would, you know, see my passion for both. But sometimes I think it gets lost in like the monotony of day to day. And so I kind of wanted to have this episode as a tribute to that, as a reason for that, as filling in the gaps for that, so that I can point people here all the time. Because I think a lot of times parents think my page is just picky eating help. 
and maybe this is the first time you're hearing this. It's really not. It is, but it's not. So let me kind of uh, unpack that a little bit. It is designed to help you navigate the picky eating phase with your little one that majority of toddlers go through. And that is important work. It's not only important work because, of course, we want to give our kids, you know, healthy and diverse, nutrient-rich diet and have them be accepting of new foods and, you know, not be afraid of foods and actually be able to nourish their bodies. Like, of course, their physical development is important. And honestly, a lot of our primary concerns, that's why we're here. Maybe that's why we followed me. And we want to get our kids to eat a freaking piece of broccoli. And that is important. And then that's dire. And that is today right? But there's an underlining message that I hope you feel when you come to this podcast or hang with me on Instagram. And that underlining message is their health is a journey and we're here to guide them towards a journey of health and wellness that's full body, mind, body, spirit, emotional, physical, mental, all the health words you can think of. We want to guide them towards a positive relationship of health and well-being for life, right? Like a lot of what we're doing today is actually setting them up for the long term. Now, every time I talk about like the big picture, the long game, all these things, I I can feel mom's frustration of like, I get it, but like, what about today? And so I hope you find tangible tips here on the podcast and on my Instagram about today, right? It's, it, it is important. It is not to be overlooked. But today, I'm going to focus a little bit on this like long game, okay? And I, I hope you can get on board with that because really, truly, the today is important, but it's I honestly believe it's not as important as what we're building over time and guiding our kids towards this like long life of health and wellness and positive relationship to food, to body, to their thoughts, to their feelings, to their beliefs, to other people. And that's really where it goes for me. And I I know so many of you are like, you're a picky eating page. Like this is not like, it doesn't go that deep. And for me, it really does. And it's actually rooted in a lot of my own beliefs. So I want to share that with you. I want to share you share with you kind of my philosophies and, and where I come from so that A, you can decide if this is a place for you. I want you guys all to be here, but I also want everyone here that, um, understands the gravity of picky eating and understands kind of why this is so pivotal for me, but also for you as well. So let me back up a little bit. Kids are born intuitive eaters. Majority of kids outside of like an underlining medical (laughs) disorder or something like that. I always have to put in that disclaimer, but kids are born with a natural desire to eat, to be nourished, to feel full, and it's hardwired in our survival. So they're born intuitive eaters. And we can see this, right? Like we've all seen the video of the newborn baby clawing its way up its mom to find a nipple for nourishment. We've all seen that incredible moment where that baby connects and starts to be nourished. Now, of course, we have invented incredible tools for moms to leverage and use to continue to nourish our body, like bottles and pumps and formula and all these things to also help in this kind of uh, environment, right? But it all stems from this child needs to be fed. It has a biological drive to eat. It knows when it's hungry. It knows when it's full. Like, have you ever tried to nurse a full baby? 
You cannot get your nipple in their mouth to save your life. <laughs> like gun to your head, you can't do it. Okay, they turn their head, they close their mouth, they don't suckle. You can't force it. Now, even with a bottle, it's still pretty hard to get them to take a bottle when they're physically full, but we can do it a little bit easier. So we start to kind of see these things of like, oh, you got to finish your bottle. I made this entire bottle. You got to finish it. Whereas breastfeeding, we don't see how much milk that they get. We have no idea. Unless we are weighing them before and after, we honestly don't know how much they're getting. So we're trusting our babies to tell us when they're full and when they're done. And then they release and we move on and then we start solids with them. And for me, it's really fun. For a lot of parents, it's really stressful and overwhelming. I totally get that. And we start solids, we start spoon feeding. And if you haven't listened to my episodes on that, please go back and listen to that because the highest tip I have for you is to be responsive with your feeding. I honestly don't really care if you do baby line weaning or purees or a mixture of both. The biggest thing I really am passionate about is being responsive to their cues. Again, not trying to feed them when they're not hungry. Again, trusting their little bodies to tell us when is enough is enough, when they're full, when they're hungry, all those things we listen to them, right? We feed on demand. Maybe some of us have a structure or routine or a schedule or things like that, but it's usually built on that baby's needs, right? And then we hit picky eating and full stop kids just stop eating foods that they once ate or that we know are good for them. And all of a sudden we're at this crossroads of up until now, generally, it's been pretty easy to trust our babies and our our little tiny humans that they can tell us when they're hungry, tell us when they're full, eat enough to satisfy them, and then move on. But when picky eating strikes and we see kids start dropping foods, we see kids no longer eating at meals, like literally not a bite. We see kids, you know, refusing foods that they once loved, calling things yucky, throwing it across the room. We get nervous. We can't trust them anymore, right? We're like, well, you need to eat. You're growing like crazy. You've always ate this amount or you've always ate those foods. You need to keep doing that. And as parents, our love overcomes us and and kind of comes out in this way of like, well, this is how I was raised. You have to clean your plate. And we're kind of hit with, in my opinion, our first kind of parenting struggles of like, how am I going to handle this, right? And And of course, there's other stuff, but this is where I see it really clearly of kind of this uh, path that's separated. Like I can go left or I can go right. I can go the picky eating route of, you know, doing what my parents did or doing what other parents are doing of take more, three more bites and clear your plate and, you know, using these kind of like pressure strategies because it works in the short term, but in the long term, it leads to more pickiness, more battles at the table, more frustrations, more angst for you and for your child. And eventually, if we follow that route down, I see it kind of developing in our children learning that our bodies can't be trusted. My mom has to tell me how much I eat. My dad has to tell me how much I eat. And it's not that far of a stretch to then say, I don't know how much I need. I need to ask an Instagram influencer. I need to ask the person at the gym. I need to ask my doctor, what kind of diet should I go on? Uh, The lady down the street lost 50 pounds doing that. I'm going to do that. The lady down the street this way swears by celery juice. I'm going to do that. And we start to accept outside uh, beliefs and thoughts uh, from other people telling us what we need to be healthy for our body. So what was once this baby who came into this world fresh, totally fresh faced and knew what they needed and how much they needed it's now kind of developed down this path of it's really easy to accept outside advice because we can't be trusted because at one point in our lives, someone told us we didn't know how much we needed. 
And you can kind of see that path, right? Now, it's not that clear. It's not that clear cut. And it certainly is not like 100% proven in the research. So I, I just want to be really clear with that. But for me, from my experience, from the research that I have accumulated and you know, come to my own conclusions about and read the data and worked with literally hundreds of moms, this is what I see. Versus we take the path that's a little scarier, honestly, at first. Our kids start to become picky. And we, instead of leaning into those pressure techniques that love drives us to do, by the way, we say, I'm going to try something different. I'm going to decrease the pressure. I'm going to continue to trust my little one that they know how much they need to be eating when they're full. This goes back to the division of responsibility, which I talk about all the time. It's this idea that we get to provide what food comes into the home, what goes on the plate, when they're eating and where, and they're in charge of if they eat that food that's offered and how much, right? That's trusting their bodies to know when enough is enough. And even if that means they're not taking a bite. Now, of course, I unpack this in great detail inside at Table Talk. And of course, you guys know I talk about it on my podcast and my Instagram. So I'm just going to assume that you generally understand this principle and kind of what I teach. But we kind of decide as parents to go down this path. And what I think is really beautiful is when we continue to walk this path of trusting their bodies, of leaning into them, of telling them and really continuing to cement the idea that we trust them and that they can trust their bodies, we can see that path that when they're confronted out in the world of someone else telling them you need to lose weight, you need to cut this out of your diet, you need to stop eating carbs, you need to you know, increase your protein, you need to do all these things because it worked for Debbie down the street. It's harder for them to accept that because they have such a solid foundation and solid trust in their own body. Like, why would I need to take your advice? What I'm doing is working. I feel good in my body. I know how to satiate my hunger. I know how much to eat. And at that point too, they know when to eat and how to you know, eat for anticipatory hunger and current hunger and physical hunger and emotional hunger and all these things. They know how to do that because we've let them explore that and, and go through trial and error and really build that foundation and that confidence in their own body. So we can see how it's it's likely a little bit easier for them to navigate the world that's telling them they're not enough, that their body needs to change, that they, they can't trust their body, that when their body says they're hungry, they're actually thirsty and they actually just need to go to bed and brush their teeth. And, you know, a world tells you that you can't trust your body. And, you know, the real underlining reason of that is because they, they want to make money off your kid. They want to teach your kid that they're not enough, that their body doesn't know what they're talking about and they need help from someone else, that that someone else needs to provide them with a meal plan, an exercise plan, a diet, an app, a subscription, whatever it is that they need that. And I think sometimes when we take ourselves out of it, that's really heartbreaking to think of our kids facing that. But in all reality, we're facing that. A lot of us were raised with this clean plate club and, you know, eat this, not that, and don't eat cheese, it's fattening and, you know, order this and do the hundred calorie packs and skip breakfast so that you can eat more dinner or track your calories and stay under X amount. Otherwise you're going to gain weight. And if you gain weight, no one will love you and you won't fit in and you won't get that job promotion and you won't be healthy and your doctor will be mad at you and, you know, tell you to lose weight and it will be this ongoing cycle and you're not enough. We have those voices in our head, right? Most of us do. And what I think is really incredible is when moms, regardless of how they're getting there, get to a point where they become confident 
in their own body and believe that what they can put in their body really um, empowers them for health and wellness and really empowers their choices that they don't feel like they're going on a restrictive diet and being told what to eat and when to eat and all these things. It's a lot easier to trust our kids to do that as well right now, even though they're picky. So for us moms, when we get to a place of um, listening to our own bodies instead of external factors, or how I said it on the Herself podcast, if you tuned in over there, um, if we stop outsourcing our health and start actually internally believing and moving towards things that feel good and making decisions out of empowerment, not out of fear, it's a lot easier to trust our kids to do that too when we realize how powerful that is. It's a lot easier to pass that on to our kids. So we're no longer saying one thing, but doing another. That's where a lot of the discourse happens with kids is with picky eating. And you might be following my page and my podcast, and maybe you're a table talker and you're like, I know what to do. I know what to say. I know how to show up at meals. I know how to keep my mouth quiet. and I know how to put on a happy face, even when they're, you know, gagging at my broccoli or whatever. I know the external things to do and say and, and, uh, you know, put into them and tell them, but internally we're doing something different. We're doing a different dance. We're listening to someone else. Um, we're, and not even listening to someone else more so putting someone else's beliefs about what we need above our own, thinking that someone else knows better for us than what we know. It's really easy to pass that on to our kids, even if we're doing and saying all the right things on the outside. They're going to pick up on that internal belief. I'll never forget. <laughs> I'll never forget this. I told my mom, I was like early 20s, early married. And I told my mom, it's really weird. I go grocery shopping and I have this entire fridge full of food. And yet I still feel guilty for eating the food in there. Like I need to save it for someone else. Like, oh, I'm not worthy enough to eat the grapes because they're beautiful grapes and they're perfectly crisp and and I want to give that to someone else. And I no, I can't eat those grapes. I'm gonna eat these chips or I'm gonna eat these, you know, leftovers from yesterday. I, I'm not gonna touch the beautiful grapes or, you know, what I spent money on. That's for other people. By the way, this is just me and my husband. I didn't even have kids at this point. And I told my mom this, kind of laughing, like, can you believe that's something I think? And she looked at me straight eyed. I feel that way. I've never told you that, but I feel that way. I've done that my entire life. I've bought groceries and then not eaten them because I wanted to save them for someone else. Or I don't know why. I And like we both kind of talked about like, why do we do this? We buy the food to eat the food for ourselves and for the others we live with. And yet we're afraid to eat the grapes. It was such a silly belief, but it's rooted in me and I'm working on it and I still struggle with it. But the look on her face to see her realize that a belief that I was holding is a belief that she held, even though she never communicated it with me, was astounding. I will never forget that conversation. And I wonder if some of us can kind of take from that story and realize that there are beliefs that are rooted in us that are going to be passed on to our kids, even if we never tell them. Listen, I don't know. I don't know why that is. I honestly wish I could tell you there are senses that doctors are studying right now and there, you know, there are ideas of how we act and, you know, we're picking up on that. But this is why one of my core beliefs, one of my core modules, one of the things I teach on the most inside Table Talk um, and honestly here as well is modeling, modeling the behavior, modeling those beliefs and not just on the external side, but truly 
leaning into that, truly believing it. And sometimes that takes a little bit of acting. <laughs> and sometimes it takes a little bit of um, digging deep and really kind of rooting into that. And so I guess today I just wanted to share with you the reason why I work with moms is because I believe in moms so much. So much it hurts sometimes because I think moms have this incredible opportunity to raise the next generation. And it might feel a little heavy sometimes. It feels a little heavy for me. But when we think about it as just putting one foot in front of the other, and if we think about it in the way of the best thing I can do for my kid is work on my own growth, work on my own um, you know, faith, work on my own journey, work on my own stuff, unpack the stuff that I struggle with. You know, when we can do that and know that it's enough to fix or to heal ourselves because it will rub on our, rub off on our kids, that becomes a little bit more liberating, right? Because I don't have to teach them all the right things. I don't have to say all the right things. I don't have to plan the homeschool activities or the preschool activities or do all the things that social media tells me I need to do. The best thing I can do is actually focus on myself and heal the parts in me that need to be healed because then that will pass on to my kids, even if I never communicate it. Not saying you shouldn't, but that's really powerful. So I love working with moms. That's what we do over at the Mama Well, the Mama Well podcast, the Mama Well on Instagram. Uh, We have the Mama Well uh, membership as well. And that's what we do there. We help moms heal their relationship with food and with their body and with food thoughts and food beliefs and step away from the dieting culture that has hurt them and into their power in nutrition to be able to leverage nutrition in a way that actually improves their lives, takes away that mental energy, takes away, you know, the stress and anxiety that comes with what you should eat, when you should eat it, what your weight is, if you're being healthy, if you're not being healthy last week, a banana was good for you this week, bananas are bad for you, you know, whatever it is, taking that away so that you have mental clarity and mental space to be present with your family. Um, that's important to me. So of course I do that. And, um, the next reason why I work with picky eating is because that's where I see the two roads diverge to me. That's where I see the first introduction to children that they're taught. I can't trust my body. I can't trust my body. I thought I was done, but my mom said I needed three more bites. So she must be right. I must be wrong. And we start to prioritize other people's beliefs, especially our parents, because of course we have their best interests in mind. They start to prioritize what we think they need over what they think they need. Now, there's nuance here. Let me be really clear. We do know what they need. We don't know how much of it they need. So a lot of times I ask, you know, inside my Table Talk membership program, I say, do you really know if they're still hungry? Do we really know if they're hungry? Do we really know if they're full? Because sometimes we can flippantly say, I know that can't be enough. I know they're not full. I know they're hungry. I know. Do we really know? Do we really feel? Can anyone else feel your hunger right now? No, I'm a dietitian. I can't feel your hunger. I have no idea how much you need to eat. It's the same thing with our kids. And it's really hard because they're our babies, right? And we know them so well, but we don't know their biological feelings or needs or cues. We do know 
that we can set them up for success. Again, an entire another module inside Table Talk of like, how can we set them up for success? How can we tee them up so that all they have to do is hit the ball out of the park? That's it. They just have to step up to the plate and whack the ball, right? We do know how to set, it, set them up. We do know how to provide structure around meals. We do know how to build their plate so that they have a balanced plate. We do know how to, you know, give them the tools so that they learn how to eat and nourish their body in a way that makes sense for them and it's healthy for them. We do know how to do that. I don't know. I hope this is making sense to you. I hope you understand why I'm so passionate about both because in my head, if right now time stood still and we took all the moms and healed the relationship with body and with food, and we took all the picky eating kids and we healed that too, I cannot tell you what that would do for our world. By the way, men too, we would heal them too. If, if time stood still, we would heal them as well with their relationship with food and body because it's it just as important. But here's the thing, if we were able to do that, wipe out an entire generation's worth of guilt and shame around food and our body and discomfort in our body, if we were able to take that out, I the repercussions of that, uh, repercussions sounds like a bad word, the outcomes of that would be incredible. We would wipe out the entire infrastructure of dieting. There'd be no money to be made there. There'd be no one telling you to look like this or do that or lose this weight or have this belly or have this butt or look like this and eat this way. And, you know, celery wouldn't be $4.99. That used to be 99 cents. Ugh, I was so mad during that celery juice cl- cl- or that celery juice thing because I would go to the grocery store and I used to pay 99 cents for my celery. And I went and it was $4.99 and it was sold out. And I was like, I am going to write that man a mean letter about my budget because I needed celery for chicken salad and everyone's using it for celery juice. And man, it irked me. But anyways, that's a total tangent. Anyways, I, I hope this episode was helpful for you. I hope it really bridged the gap. I hope it helped you get inside my head a little bit about why I'm so passionate about both. Uh, But more importantly, I hope it kind of opened up your eyes to what else is going on with our picky eaters, because it it does go a lot deeper. And I want to let you know that if this is something that kind of piques your interest, if it's something you align with, that's incredible. Um, If it's not, that's okay, too. You're still welcome here. You're still welcome to take all my tips and do all the things. It's okay if we don't align perfectly. I I don't expect anyone to. But if this did pique your interest, if you are interested, I I invite you to come uh, tomorrow night. Brooke and I uh, are teaching a free class for moms. This is for you, mom. This is for you to learn our three-step nutrition process to leverage your nutrition so that you can go from surviving to thriving motherhood. And what that means for you is that you'll learn how to use nutrition in a way that doesn't leave you feeling worse, lethargic, more groggy. like you can't keep up with your kids, but actually using nutrition in a way that you feel prepared to take on the day, you feel stabilized in your mood. Uh, so many things I could go on and on about the benefits of using this three-step nutrition process, but we're going to teach it all tomorrow night. So if you're listening to this the day that it drops, um, it's tomorrow night, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Central. Um, and you can click 
the link in the description box below to register. Even if you can't make it, you'll still get the replay, but we hope to see you there live, so much so that we are giving away a complete emotional eating guide to anyone who comes. And we're really excited to share this message with you more, teach you our process that we teach inside the membership that we learned through trial and error of our own as moms and struggling with you know, keeping up with them and how to use nutrition in an effective way and how to be messy, but still make progress. And we invite you to come and check it out. So we hope to see you there. Uh, the link is in the description box and yeah, thanks so much for tuning in to my first bonus episode and I will catch you in the next one. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at Alyssa at NutritionForLittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.